Hey now, we are getting over and I am the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, here to lead you through these hard times. That, uh, with your 2022 WWE Royal Rumble Instant Analysis. Yes, the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, Vintage Chris Benini. We are here just minutes after the Royal Rumble premium live event went off the air Saturday night from St. Louis, and we are here to break down every single thing that happened on that show. We're going to talk about your two Royal Rumble winners, the victors of all of the championship matches, and of course, that Grit Couple versus It Couple mixed tag team match. We're going to break it all down on the show, and we're also going to preview the road to WrestleMania. So as you can tell, we have plenty to talk about on today's show. The Silver King is not wasting any time. I'm going to remind you, this Getting Over Wrestling podcast, it's all about one thing. So please do not forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating for the show. And on Apple, also leave a review. Let people know how much you love getting over and why they should listen. Also, please do not forget to follow us on Twitter at Getting Overcast. Not only do we tweet live during pay-per-views, live during the shows, we do polls and we do uh, Twitter Spaces live audio pre-shows as we did tonight ahead of the Royal Rumble. One of our most attended yet. Ton of people in there, great conversation, and a really good preview for the show, even though basically nothing we talked about on there actually happened on the pay-per-view, but that is not our fault, folks. That's WWE's fault. So with that, like I said, I'm going to get right to the show. I'm going to welcome in vintage Chris Vanini. Now, normally, Chris, what we do in this spot on the show, special for the instant analysis, we both crack open a cold one. You'll hear a popping sound from the Silver King, and I drink a beer during the show. Unfortunately, I just came back from a multi-day trip. I don't know if you guys can tell by the sound of my voice. It is extremely dry. Fingers crossed, hopefully not a sore throat or worse. You know, I don't know what's going on right now, but long story short, I need to stay hydrated. I can't be drinking a beer. So I have a very, very tall Evian water sitting here right next to me. No, I don't have the special water that we used to promote on the show, but they don't pay us anymore. Um, And I don't normally buy Evian, but it's what they happen to have at the rest stop on my way home from Orlando. So that's what I have, a very big Evian water next to me, Chris. What are you drinking tonight? I have got, uh, you might remember maybe like two months back or so, I bought a big pack of uh, truly hard seltzers with the different flavors. I'm just about out of them now. I grabbed one of the few left. It's the Wildberry flavor. And let's see how this one is. Yeah, I mean, you're drinking seltzers over here. It's pretty good. Come on, what are you doing? The the commercials got me. They were pretty good commercials. They're all right. They're all right. It's not bad. I can I cannot get into the hard seltzer game. I am a beer man, a craft beer man right here. The Silver King is uh, Chris. But this show is not about alcoholic beverages or non-alcoholic beverages like this beautiful spring water I am drinking tonight. Uh, it's about professional wrestling, uh, if you want to call it that. And it, in this case, it's about the WWE Royal Rumble. Uh, so we're going to break down this entire show. I'm not cutting corners here, but I am going to move through it expeditiously because of my voice, because of how late it is. And the fact that the Silver King is pretty damn tired. Also, folks, don't forget. We have another show coming on Tuesday where we're going to talk even more about WWE and the road to WrestleMania. We're also going to recap everything that happens Monday night on Raw. So we have so much professional wrestling audio coming for you tonight, though. We are focusing on the Royal Rumble. And the way we begin these instant analysis episodes is by taking a quick step back to our ultimate preview and reviewing what our expectation grades were for the show, along with those of you, our listeners, who are able to vote in our pre-show poll 
on Twitter. So Chris, a quick reminder for everyone, the pre-show expectation grade for myself was an A. I thought this was an exceptionally strong card with two WrestleMania main events in title matches. And mm-hmm. I believe you were at an A minus. Is that correct? Yes, it was. Okay. Yes, and our listeners came in 67% A, 30% B, 1% C, and 2% D to F. That is incredible. First of all, the D, the D to F has an expectation grade you, you have to toss. And 1% for C is irrelevant, right? So almost every respondent thought this was going to be an A or B show with a overwhelming 67%. Two-thirds of respondents coming in at A. That is, I don't know the last time that happened. I don't think that happened for WrestleMania this year or SummerSlam or anything. Yeah, probably not. I I mean, it's a small card. Everything on the card was booked well and it was exciting. I I'm not surprised by that uh pre-show ranking by the by the listeners at all. Yeah, so I, I would say that averages out to an A minus, right? Because 30% yeah. B yeah. is still significant. So yeah. that averages out to an A minus, and that is exactly what your grade was, slightly under mine, which was an A. So we're gonna get to breaking down this entire card. And we're going to do it, you know, the opposite of what we do on the Ultimate Preview, where we talk about the low card all the way to the main event. We're going to start with the biggest matches and work our way down the card. But because it's the Royal Rumble, you can't often talk about the Rumble matches themselves until you talk about the World Championship matches that happen on the show, because they could potentially play into that Rumble. So, Chris, we're going to go through the Universal Championship match. I'm just going to give you guys the order of operations here. Universal Championship match, the... WWE Championship match, then the Men's Royal Rumble. We're going to do immediately after that the Women's Royal Rumble, the Raw Women's Championship, and then the Mixed Tag Team match, Grit Couple versus It Couple to end the show. So the other thing we need to do is touch on stuff that happened on the Go Home SmackDown that directly leads into this. And luckily for us, there was only really two things that that directly played into the Royal Rumble. Everything else we're going to talk about on Tuesday. So that should allow us to go through it pretty quickly. So Chris... Let's start with the Universal Championship, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. And let's start with what happened on SmackDown. You had Reigns and Rollins. They did a one-on-one face-to-face in the main event. Rollins wore a Joker suit, literally like the Joker from Batman. He laughed at playing Reigns last week to get the result he wanted, which was the Usos barred from ringside. Reigns explained that his interference at the end of the match, it would have been an embarrassment if Rollins pinned the Usos. So he just decided, hey, if I'm going to lose anyway, might as well take the DQ. Uh, Rollins threw that back at Reigns by saying, then Reigns must be more embarrassed than anyone because Rollins beats him all the time. And so if getting pinned by Rollins is embarrassing, there you go. Rollins pointed out the money in the bank cash in, turning on the shield with the steel chair. Um, And he said Reigns basically needs to thank Rollins for all of his single success in WWE. Rollins said Reigns has done everything there is to do in WWE except beating Rollins when it matters, but that he'll always love him. Rollins laughed. Reigns seethed. He was extremely upset. He was quiet, saying he tried to forgive Rollins, but he never would forgive him for breaking up the shield, and that he hates him. Uh, Rollins called Reigns and his entire family, the Samoan dynasty, a joke. Reigns finally, at the end of it, lost his cool, shoved Rollins, and Rollins taunted him, then ducked a Superman punch as SmackDown went off the air. And Chris, the reason why I wanted to really point this out is because this was easily the best of any of their segments since the feud started. It was an absolutely killer job by Rollins in a go-home moment. Reigns' reactions were great. It also legitimately made me question my Rollins prediction, given I didn't think they would let Rollins get over him so strongly 
in the main event of SmackDown, and then also have Rollins beat him for the title at Royal Rumble. And that's something I said on our Twitter Spaces pre-show, where I, I was almost 100% sure Rollins was going to win the match. And it really knocked me down to like 50-50. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was good. I, I Rollins made the comment about taking the title off of Reigns and sending him on his 30-day sabbatical or whatever. I think that was when he got suspended. Uh, so that was that was a little kind of good dig in there. Roman Roman's done a good job of selling how much Seth is getting under his skin, something this character just has not done as much. And that continued in uh, in the, the, the entrances to the match, too. Absolutely. Uh, and that's a great way to kind of segue into the Royal Rumble. So this match opened the show and that really should have told like when, when that happened, it immediately sent a message to me. Something is going to be amiss. Because Roman Reigns really does not open pay-per-views. And I don't care if the Rumble match is going to main event like we knew it would. You put him in the co-main. Like, that's what you would expect to happen, right? But so this, this when this opened the show, when it was first, it set off fire alarms in my head. I tweeted about it. I told you about it. Regardless, Reigns made his entrance. Um, by the time he finished his entrance, we were already at Elimination Chamber. The show was starting. Uh, but he makes his entrance. He's standing in the ring. It goes quiet for a moment. And then the freaking shield music hits and Rollins (laughs) enters through the crowd in full shield gear. I popped so hard that I audibly laughed out loud. Like it was so entertaining and funny to me that like noise came out of me. And normally when I'm watching wrestling, unless there's just a spectacular move, you don't get that kind of reaction from me. Pat McAfee even mentioned John Moxley during it. The look on Reigns face when he realized what was actually happening, that Rollins was playing head games with him. It put the entire thing over. The only thing that was missing from this entire presentation was a blonde streak in Rollins' hair. I <laughs> yeah. wish they had done that because you can easily dye it back tomorrow night on Monday night. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why they didn't do it. That would have put it over the top. But Chris, that entrance and the start yep. of the yep. Royal Rumble, yeah. the first 15 minutes of the Royal Rumble were extraordinary. They were great. Well, also, Seth, on the entrance, he did the, the dive over the barricade into the roll. Right, the crowd yes. popped for that. The crowd popped uh-huh. when he did that. So they, they got all the little things right, except for the blind streak. Okay, so I'm going to run through this match. So Rollins was on fire early. He powerbombed Reigns through the announce table in a shield callback. He added a frog splash for a near fall. He missed a high-risk move, countered a spear with a boot, hit a buckle bomb, hit the forearm to the back of the head, and stomped Reigns for a 2.8. And that was all within the first five minutes of the match. They did a false finish right off the bat. Reigns countered another stomp with a lariat and bludgeoned Rollins. He had a Superman punch for a 2.5, then speared Rollins at ringside. Rollins countered another spear in the ring with a pedigree for a 2.9. Rollins got face chance from the crowd. Reigns countered a stomp, but Rollins countered a rock bottom. Reigns then hit the spear off the ropes, but couldn't cover. Rollins laughed in his face and offered a shield fist. Reigns looked at him like, you must be crazy out of your mind. Uh, Reigns tried to center himself, and then he easily jumped on Rollins and put him in the guillotine choke. Rollins slid his body all the way to the ropes. And when the referee lifted his arm to check to see if he was passed out, Rollins grabbed the rope for a break. It was almost like the referee helped him. But regardless, it was a really cool spot that he did where he grabbed it. Um, Reigns refused to break the guillotine, though, screaming that Rollins deserved it. He deserved to get choked out as the crowd booed the shit out of him. And the referee called for the disqualification because he broke the five count or he Um, He kept it on through the five count. Uh, They also chanted Roman sucks and the match ended in 15 minutes. 
Reigns was broken mentally. That was basically the gimmick, and that was the storyline of the whole match. He looked catatonic. He grabbed a sm- uh, steel chair. Then he drilled Rollins with it, and it was an exact callback to the shield turn all the way to the way Rollins fell onto his knees and grabbed the bottom yes. rope. It was exactly yeah, the yeah. same as, as the way Reigns did it, which was perfect. Reigns warmed out with the chair a dozen times. He left. The crowd kept booing. So Reigns got back in, grabbed another chair, and warm out again a dozen times. He hit him like 25 times with the chair. Uh, and the, the camera lingered on Rollins through the end of the match. So we got to see his facial expressions. And they were really selling that Reigns turned on Rollins. And it kind of made it feel like it was a face turn for Rollins. So, Chris, as is tradition here, okay, WWE gave us an absolutely incredible match mm-hmm. with a controversial finish. Okay? Mm-hmm. Just like the Demon match. However... Unlike the Demon match, which was just unacceptable. The finish just was unacceptable. There's no way you could defend it. This one made complete sense. WWE, they wear us down with so many disqualification finishes and so many DQ finishes in big matches on pay-per-views that we as fans, as people who comment on the product publicly, we're predisposed to hate DQ finishes. But yep. sometimes, in, on rare occasions, it's okay. And they can be a well-placed, well-booked part of the storyline. This one fit it perfectly. The mind games, Reigns being driven to insanity, all of that. Now, to me as a viewer, the booking here signaled to me that Reigns versus Rollins should be the WrestleMania main event. Because Rollins winning the Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber, now established as a babyface, would continue a storyline that completely delivered for us over the last 48 hours, way more than it did in the four weeks prior. Now, leaving this, and I'm, I'm only going to, as we go through these matches, I'm going to tell you my thoughts at the time, right? Because yeah. we're, 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 we're grading them and we're looking at them and, and we're judging them ahead of the rest of the show. So at the end of this match, I'm thinking, well, is that actually going to happen? I don't know. My thought was it would be a massive disappointment to waste Reigns Rollins at Elimination Chamber or not follow it up at all, which would take this from great, because I did think it was great, including the finish, to just simply acceptable. The match otherwise was fantastic. I don't think there's any debate on that. So I can't get into the A-plus range because there wasn't a decisive finish, but I can go as far as I possibly can. So I went 4.5 stars and an A for this match. Oh, wow. I, I, I th- This was fun because it was a different kind of Roman match. R- Roman was working, honestly, was working babyface for a bit. He said that the upper hand for a lot of this match, the stomp, various other things that were going on. He was working from and under. Although, I don't know that he was working face. Oh, sure, sure. Working, sure, that's better. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. Working from under. S- Seth was not working face in this match. So, in like a lot of the false finishes were Rollins pinning Roman and Roman had some very, very good 2.9 kickouts, like something that is a really important thing that not enough wrestlers understand. He gets that 2.99 kickout several, a few times in this match. Uh, very, very good stuff. Um, the lifting of, of Rollins is that that was, first of all, that was a really cool finish. Normally you see the guy get the guillotine and it's over. But Seth kind of slowly trying to unevenly get himself over to the rope. 
was 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 really good. And then they did what I've been saying forever that they need to do on these on these uh, uh, chokeouts is lift the guy's arm. Like it, it's such a good storytelling device that you try to lift the arm to drop it and he holds it up and that signals the rally. Like people get behind that for a while. They've been doing the, the UFC thing where the guy just looks at the face and then he just, the ref just calls it over. So I liked what they did it, but it did look like the ref picked up his arm and dropped it on the rope. I I don't, I, I don't know exactly what the plan was, but if he had lifted Rollins arm, let's go. And Rollins arm stays up there for one or two seconds. And then he grabs the rope. I, I think that was the only little thing that, that maybe could have been done there. And then, yeah, the finish comes and I immediately groaned because, yeah, we've gotten the, hey, you're beating up the guy too much. Referee calls, you know, calls a DQ. We've gotten that like three or four weeks in a row here now. With Damian uh, Priest. On, yeah, on, yeah on, on Damian Priest is happening every week. It happened, I think, in Natalia or something recently or something. Yeah, we see it all. That's the whole Damian Priest character. So when you do it in this moment, in the greater context, people are going to react that way. In the in the context of the story, it worked. They, they I, I like the story that they told, including the Roman beatdown at the end. So yeah, coming out of this, I was annoyed by the finish, but the beatdown helped me get over it. And they're telling a good story here up to this point. So I probably gave it yeah, 4.25. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Like, like the, like in a, in a bubble, the finish is bad, but in the greater context, when you're, when you're watching it as a fan and you're like, well, what does this mean? And if you're saying to yourself, holy shit, they've realized as they did with Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan at the time and Kofi Kingston, I was thinking, oh, maybe they realized, you know what? They were trying to force Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, just like they were trying to force a different WWE championship match then instead now why don't we go with the hot hand you know Rollins is really mm-hmm. yeah over again the heel character has worked Reigns is a heel though so they both can't be heels let's turn Rollins face like all of the elements were in this match that the shield entrance the mind games on Reigns getting up over on him um the post match beatdown all the elements were here to set Seth Rollins as a face and have mm-hmm. him in a WrestleMania main event. They set the stage. And whether he earned that by simply being Seth Rollins and deserving it, or winning the Royal Rumble later in the show, or winning Elimination Chamber, there were multiple ways for WWE to get there. And because of the context and that the match was not in a bubble, I thought it was extremely successful. Now, the problem with the with what happened over the rest of the show, because this was the opening match, was as the rest of the show progressed, all of that hope I had kept getting chipped away. It was a little bit, yeah. a few matches later, and then a lot of it after the main event. So let's move on um, to the second world championship match. And then we'll talk about the main event, the Royal Rumble, and then we'll close up with everything else that happened on the card. So we had the WWE championship, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. The video package for this match, Chris, it was stellar. It like I'd mm-hmm. be shocked if we see a better video package Throughout this entire year, any WWE, AEW, New Japan, I don't care what show, that thing with Lesnar and Lashley, it was extensive, it was detailed, it did skip over Lashley's impact run, but other than that, it talked about UFC and Bellator, 20 years in the making, it was incredible. 
Yeah, I mean, we say it all the time. WWE video team, promo video team, the best in the business. And and, yep. and this was a big-time video to get you ready for a big-time match we had never seen before. It felt like a WrestleMania main event video package. It really, truly did. Yep. Uh, the, the crowd was deafening during Lesnar's introdu- introduction, doing it along with Paul Heyman. Uh, they also, when the match started, uh, Lesnar and Lashley did call and response German suplexes. Lesnar then did two in succession, and Lashley no-sold him with his mouth busted open. Lashley escaped an F5 for a spear, didn't cover, and hit another spear with Lesnar rolling outside. Lesnar then dodged the shoulder tackle into the barricade, so sending Lashley through it in like a suicide, basically, move. Uh, Lesnar capitalized with more Germans. Lashley kept landing on his shoulder, which really looked like it hurt. Lashley escaped another F5 and put Lesnar in the hurt lock. Lesnar escaped by running Lashley backwards into a referee in the corner. Then he F5'd Lashley, who booted the referee on the spin. After a couple, 30 seconds maybe, maybe one minute of a delay, Reigns ran down, speared Lesnar's ass before staring down Heyman, who was hugging the WWE title. Reigns demanded Heyman hand him the title, so he did. Reigns smirked. He drilled Lesnar with the title before Heyman walked out with him, and a new referee ran down. Lashley went right on top of Lesnar, pinned him one, two, three, to win the WWE Championship. So on this, on its own, again, in a bubble, this booking might have been fine. Like if if the other match ended clean and, and they were doing different things. However, because we got a DQ in the Universal title match and WWE at least got my hopes up for a superior championship match, Reigns-Rollins at WrestleMania, this completely dashed my prayers. That's not to mention the fact that WWE promoted this as 20 years in the making, a once-in-a-lifetime match, a WrestleMania main event at the Royal Rumble, and we get a schmoz bullshit finish. So we had two WrestleMania main event quality title matches that were being jacked up for this Royal Rumble card only for both of them to end, as far as I'm concerned, with unsatisfactory finishes. Now, mm-hmm. we, you, you knew, even before anything else that happened later coming out of this, Lesnar's no longer champion. We're, Reigns screwed him. We're obviously going to get Reigns-Lesnar at WrestleMania. And now, you consider the circumstances, WWE had Big E cash in money in the bank, only for him to have a terrible two-month title run, lose the championship, And then Lesnar loses the championship in less than a month to Lashley anyway. So it goes back on Lashley in January, just like last year it went to Lashley, like I guess it was February or March, right ahead of WrestleMania. So they ruined Big E's reign. They sacrificed the WWE title storyline just to satisfy the Reigns-Lesnar booking because Reigns was out of day one with COVID. This match, unfortunately, beyond the booking, beyond the, the, the finish, the match itself didn't live up to the hype. I mean, Chris, when you have Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley in the ring together, you only want one thing. And and let's not exaggerate because there was a lot of beef out there. There's a lot of beef out here. But it wasn't even that good. We've seen better big man matches. The Lashley Big E match recently was better than this. So I'd say this was... 3.75 stars with four slabs of beef. Like this was a, a five slabs of beef, like minimum. I thought we were going to get the match disappointed. The booking was even worse. 
I was just, I couldn't believe this is what they did here. This was, the, the match was laid out like a Brock match of three or four years ago, where it's just German suplexes galore. And that was the period where a lot of people didn't like Brock anymore. And it was annoying to see him win and do stuff. And, and that's the Brock we got tonight. And it, it, it's it, it, with that match and, you know, it's, it's suplex, suplex. I get it. I like the idea that Bobby was suplex and Brock Lesnar. You know, we don't see yeah. that. So th- that worked. You know, yeah. th- there was it was just like I wanted to see more. I wanted to see a full on real match. And we didn't really get that. And and what, what this is just a side note. Brock's German suplexes, every time he delivers them, they look like they hurt no matter who they are against. And I know that's the point. But continuing to see Bob, Bobby Lesnar dropped on his head and his neck and his shoulder, I just kept thinking back to the person I think does one of the best German suplexes of all time, and that's Kurt Angle. And the way Kurt Angle delivers the suplexes is that you get up, you you pull the person up high. And so they're like, instead of going back, it's up, and they land flat on their back. It just seems safer. I've seen, I, I'm sure Bobby's fine. But it's just Brock, Brock uh, suplexes always look like they hurt. <laughs> then, they look, yeah, Ro- especially, yeah, for sure. That so so then Roman comes out. You know, I had predicted very likely that the Usos were to come out because they were banned from ringside for the other match. I thought the Usos would do it. Made sense that Brock did it. Uh, it made sense that Roman did it. And so, and as soon as that happened, you're like, all right, I know how the rest of this show is going to play out. <laughs> and look, that's because of what we do. You know, in the prediction business and whatnot, you know, that's 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 you don't need to you don't need to you don't need to do our job to know how the Royal Rumble was going to end. Sure. The second that happened, the second he came out. But what what I didn't expect to happen was Heyman handing Roman the belt. That was it. That was different. That got a huge pop from the crowd. That got a big pop from me because I thought we were going to do more of this willy wonty Paul Heyman stuff, you know, because we still got 63 days to go to Mania. So no, not not now. Heyman's back with them, so that's kind of interesting. You know they they've done a good. Okay, we'll get to we'll get to Roman Brock later. But as as for this match, yeah, it was kind of disappointing to have two championship matches, two schmozzy finishes. Uh, when you had a Shield entrance on one, you had an amazing promo video on the other. These are WrestleMania main event type matches. Yep. But when they don't want them to be, this is how they treat them with their finishes, and it's frustrating. Right. It's it's almost like if these were at WrestleMania, they, you know, you could trust maybe a little bit more that they'd be cleaner. Right. Mm-hmm. But instead, because it wasn't Mania, they were just like, screw it. This was a stadium show, man. There was a packed yeah. crowd. They sold a shit ton of tickets for this event. And this was these were the bookings they gave. Like how if you're a fan and you bought tickets to this show and we're going to talk more about what happened here, but. And you see these two matches, you're like, holy shit, I have to go to the Royal Rumble. I mean, I would go to a Royal Rumble anyway because it's a Rumble. I've never been to one, and it seems like such an exciting event. But on top of the the Royal Rumble matches, you see those two matches advertised. You're like, holy shit, I got to go to this. And that's the booking you get. Like, can you just imagine? Imagine being in that crowd. It's it, Man, such a joke. All right. uh, So let's get to the real, the cherry on top. The piece de resistance of this booking shit fest here. The men's Royal Rumble match. So this was the main event. Um, and the way I'm going to do this, because, man, uh, there's just the Royal Rumbles are so tough to break down. So I'm going to break down the match, Chris. 
And then after the match, I'm going to be very just basic and direct. I'm going to give my takes on the match. At any time while I'm giving my takes, feel free to interrupt me if you have something to say, okay? That's the only way. Okay, because I, um, I have a bunch of, yeah, because I have a bunch of little reactions to specific things that happen that aren't big picture, but I'll, yeah. I'll wait till you're all done with your Yeah, opinion. try to do it during the, the opinion portion. And of course, you can add whatever you want. I just, I want to run through it as quick as we can. Yep. Otherwise, we'll be here all night long. Uh, so again, Men's Royal Rumble, main event of the show. AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura were one and two. Austin Theory was three. So he didn't get the gift from Vince McMahon that we thought he might. There was a TNA chant for Styles versus Robert Roode, which is really cool. <laughs> uh, Styles eliminated Roode and Nakamura. Damian Priest was number seven. Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville were eight and nine, which, like, does it have to be that much of a coincidence that they're right back to back? Uh, Knoxville came out that's fine. That's pretty much dressed like a jackass uh, with dudes from the show. Johnny took down Sammy, then got his ass kicked by Styles. Montez Ford then frog splashed him. Uh, and Ridge Holland dumped him onto the ring apron and Zane booted him out. So then Styles threw Zane out. Omos was 11. He eliminated both Street Profits. Ricochet was 12. Chad Gable was 13 and convinced everyone to team up versus Omos. But Omos eliminated Priest when he was the first one to try. And the rest of the guys actually did succeed in eliminating Omos with Styles adding to the momentum at the end. Styles eliminated Theory after 22 minutes. Sheamus was 17 but couldn't save Holland, who got eliminated by Styles simultaneously with Sheamus entering. They had Madcap Moss eliminate Styles. Uh, Riddle was appropriately 20. I'm sure he was for that number. Uh, Drew McIntyre made his injury return at 21, immediately eliminated both happy folks and killed them with the steel steps outside. Kevin Owens was 22. He pop-up powerbomb McIntyre. Rey Mysterio was 23, got stunned by KO. Kingston, Kobe Kingston was 24 and immediately tried a spot where he was supposed to be pushed onto the barricade and prop himself up, but both feet immediately hit the floor. It was a botch. He got eliminated. Biggie was 26. He got brogue kicked right away. Bad Bunny was 27. He got a few spots, including a really sick Canadian destroyer on Riddle and a rope pole elimination on Sheamus. He also helped Ray with a 619, Ray Mysterio, and he eliminated Dolph Ziggler. He tried but failed to turn on Ray. Uh, Shane McMahon was 28. He eliminated KO. Randy Orton was 29. He RKO'd and easily eliminated Big E, just like tossed him out. Uh, Riddle jumped off Otis's back to RKO Drew McIntyre, which was cool. They together eliminated, RK Bro eliminated Otis. Uh, Brock Lesnar then came in at number 30 with Bad Bunny, Shane McMahon, RK Bro, and McIntyre as the final five. Told you everything you needed to know. Horrible. Lesnar eliminated Orton. Then he F5'd Bunny. Then he caught and threw Riddle out. Then he clotheslined Shane, who was in the final three, and that left McIntyre. They faced off, went face to, literally face to face. McIntyre countered an F5 with a Glasgow kiss, but missed a Claymore, and Lesnar F5'd him out of the ring to win the match. Uh, Lesnar and Styles each had five eliminations to lead all comers. So let me break down this stuff, and we will definitely pause before the finish. I thought it was really cool they did Styles and Nakamura to start the match. Yes. Knock Knoxville's uh, appearance, I thought it was fine. It was short, sweet. He took a lot of punishment. So they're going to, they got that on film, obviously, for whatever they're doing. And then he got thrown out. No harm, no foul, right? He, he got a big pop. He threw a pretty good working punch and forearm, if we're being honest. He, he just didn't, he just didn't sell the punches. That's all. <laughs> well, he didn't want to get clothesline. So yeah, but he did, I, the punches, I, I, he just stood there like a board. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad Sami Zayn's the one to eliminate him. 
you know, we don't have to do all the celebrity beat the wrestler, blah, blah, blah. So, so that was fine. And yeah, this worked. I, I, I hadn't realized until during the show, apparently, but Johnny Knoxville has suffered a brain injury during Jackass 4. So kind of surprised he took that bump. He took that close on pretty hard. But I mean, uh, I would have assumed he, he suffered it during the yeah, TV show, but sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Uh, but no, it was good. I like the Knoxville stuff. Short and sweet, exactly. He was on Jimmy Fallon promoting the show. Like, that's exactly what you want out of a celebrity performance. Uh, Nakamura, Priest, and Ricochet, I thought were all eliminated far too quickly. That's extremely stupid, given two of those guys are mid-card champions that should get long runs in the match. And Ricochet is your most exciting performer. You're in a Royal Rumble match. Leave him until the final five. Let Brock Lesnar throw him into the second row or something like that. If you, you know what I mean, if you're going to do it, then make it fun. Keep Montez Ford in there later. Like it, it, none of that made any sense to me. Well, um, what a bad spot for the for the mid card champs. The IC belt means nothing. hasn't nothing. Meant, hasn't meant anything for a while. Nakamura's completely forgettable. Priest run has been forgettable. Yeah, really high. It's just how lost those two belts are right now. Yeah, and how Ricochet, despite every time he shows up, he gets over. He gets major cheers. People love him. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They just don't care. I did like that Gable's master plan worked because how many <laughs> yes. times have you seen a heel yes. come into a match, make a plan to, to eliminate a big man and it fails and you're just like, oh, well, that was stupid. Why can't eight guys get one big guy out? It worked. They did it. I love that. And he and he immediately says, my master plan worked. Right. I'm a genius. <laughs> I it, fought it, for that. <laughs> it was great. And and again, hope a hope spot for me with Gable. Like, hey, it's working. Like, they're actually pushing him. Like, let's hope this continues. Uh, Styles being eliminated by Madcap Moss and Shane McMahon eliminating KO were both both fucking jokes and just ridiculous booking. Um, There was not a single surprise or unannounced entrant through number 20. And that is Mm -hmm. extremely boring. The rumble is supposed to pop you and uh, have you expect the unexpected. Shane McMahon, like, eventually coming in, whatever. Bad Bunny, he was a nice surprise, but WWE ruined it by showing and tweeting a picture of him backstage earlier in the day on social media. So I knew he was there. So it wasn't even surprising that he was in the match. But I will give him credit, Chris. He was great once again in the ring. He may be the best celebrity wrestler of all time. (laughs) He looks like a complete natural in there. And like, yeah, the Canadian story, a lot of that's on, on Riddle and whatnot. But the guy has timing. The guy has all the little things. You can tell he's watched a ton of wrestling. He because He understands. Yeah. He sells like he just he gets it like legit. He's had two matches, WrestleMania Rumble. Like he he looks like he belongs in there. Like it's totally fine when he's in there. I I, I like him. He was good. There was no Finn Balor. There was no Cesaro. There were zero legends, unless you consider Shane McMahon a legend, which I guess technically he is, but you know what I'm saying when I say legends. There were zero people from NXT, not a Tommaso Ciampa or Pete Dunne Mm -hmm. or LA Knight or even Braun Breaker or Carmelo Hayes. You have a third brand that is floundering in the ratings and you cannot be bothered to maybe, I don't know, not put Alpha Academy in the match. And instead, use some of your young talent that you want to get featured because you know what happens every other year when you do that? The crowd pops. They used zero Mm -hmm. NXT people, by the way, in the men's or women's match. Nothing exciting happened, but I'm glad we shoved a bunch of tag teams into this thing for no reason at all. And then there was a point. Go ahead. There was a point in the match where the people left in the ring were Corbin, Madcap, Boogs, Ziggler, 
Seamus and Riddle. Like, like I love Riddle, but like, holy crap, man! Well, like, Riddle, Riddle deserves part, to be in there, but Moss shouldn't yeah, be there. Boog shouldn't be doing, there. Yeah, right. But all Riddle was doing in there was getting belly to belly by everybody who came in. Like he wasn't like on a run or anything. It was just like that. That first two thirds, the first twenty people, like you said, no surprises. It was terrible. It was a, it was a slog. Yeah, the the first twenty was as bad. I mean, the whole match sucked, but the first twenty was as bad as I can remember. There was no creativity. There, there was no. zero creativity in the first twenty, uh, and, and even and the rest, of, yeah. even, even the rest yeah, wasn't creative. But it, but the first twenty was just mind-numbingly boring for a main event. Um, let's get yeah. to what matters here, okay? Well, well, no, well, a few more things. One, Kofi misses his spot, uh, which that was look. Kofi's done some amazing things. I don't know how that spot was supposed to work because either he misses it like he did. Or he's breaking half of his ribs by going from the top rope, landing on top of the barricade. Like, holy! I think he was supposed to catch the barricade, pull himself up, walk on the barricade, jump to the stairs. Right, right. But yeah, jumping from the top rope to catch yourself on the barricade, like, man, that is hard. Insane. And 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 I'm glad they showed the replay and didn't try to say, oh no, he was in and go there. I'm glad they adjusted on the fly to get him in there. But but that was tough. And before we get to, to Brock winning. This really, this rumble really showed how much WWE is lacking star power and depth and their inability to bring along enough guys at the same time while cutting 80 wrestlers in the past year. Because mm-hmm. there, there, there were not, there were not, there were a lot of people who I know used to follow wrestling, don't follow it now, come back in for the rumble. And it's just time and time again, they were saying, who are these people? Like no one knows who they are. They didn't tell a good commentary. Didn't tell good stories of, of of really what's going on. There weren't stories within the rumble, like you said. Like normally there'll be a, a couple of guys will be on the run. There'll be some There's stuff going on. There was bare. It was barely anything. Going yeah, just on. a couple. And like, and it just really highlighted how many people are. And it goes for the women's too, which we'll get to. Just how many people are just gone from this roster now, and how there really is just a lack of star power well, uh, outside of the outside of the main events. And, and uh, that's the spot. That's WWE's future. Think about the big names in this rumble. McIntyre, Brock, AJ, Nakamura. These guys are all like, I think, 35 and above. 35 plus. Who are yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Who are the new guys coming? Who are the who's who came out of this rumble looking better? No one. Like it was no like it was Bad Bunny. And like, that's it. Like who, who who's the next flock of WWE stars who got to Austin Theory? got 22 minutes and it was just kind of a forgettable performance. Just like, man, like, like you said, they, they, to have no NXT people here to have no sense to be like, Hey fans, this is the future of WWE early on in this rumble. Just none of it. And it just incredibly poorly planned and, and paced rumble. Yeah. It, it would have been one thing if it was a great rumble with a bad winner. Cause that's happened yeah. before where yeah, the wrong person of, wins. Like Batista, when he won, you're like, Oh my God, yeah. I can't believe they had, freaking Batista win but I don't even remember that year's rumble but like let's make believe it was really good you can still have a very good match with a bad winner and we know WWE can do a great Royal Rumble because we saw it two years ago the Brock Lesnar McIntyre Royal Rumble well I don't don't even I I hardly I hardly remember last year's but two years ago it was great it was legitimately great the 2020 Royal Rumble but now you come here 2022 and it's the main event of the show and like you said, you've gotten rid of 80 wrestlers, male, female, NXT, SmackDown, whatever. Can you imagine if this match, and I'm not saying it would have made it great, but like 
if Jeff Hardy and John Morrison and Swerve and Keith Lee and like one other person, like that's like Braun just Strowman. five people, and Braun yeah. Strowman Bray or Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt or Bray Wyatt, five of those people, uh, any five of that combination, are still in the company and being booked well and treated well, and we're in this match. It's a completely different match. I'm not saying it's great because the booking still would have probably sucked at the end, but people are a lot more excited about the product they're getting. And this was just an absolute slog. Let's get to the finish here. Okay, let's get to what they did. Yep. So Lesnar at 30 was completely predictable. It was literally not exaggerating. The third time they've done it where someone loses a title on the show and comes out in that spot since 2017, that's three times in six years. It was Roman Reigns who lost the Rumble, Becky Lynch who won, and now Brock Lesnar who won. Everyone knew Lesnar was going to be in that last spot. The second Reigns screwed him. And it really should have been Rollins. Like if you, if you had to do this, if you said this is going to be the spot, this is going to be the booking, it absolutely should have been Seth Rollins with the exact same storyline of challenges for Mania. He got screwed, DQ, whatever. That's what you do. And you have Lesnar retain the title and fight someone else on the show. Instead, they shove Brock Lesnar into the moment. That along with Bad Bunny, who, by the way, I love. I, I, don't, I don't want you to think I'm going to trash him, but Bad Bunny and Shane in the final five of a Royal right. Rumble in a stadium show with fans ahead of WrestleMania is an absolute joke. And KO and Big E both getting eliminated completely unceremoniously was pathetic. This was a terribly booked and terribly executed Royal Rumble. There was nothing bad from a wrestling standpoint. There weren't, outside of Kofi, there weren't major botches. It wasn't poorly wrestled. But I'm going to go as low as I reasonably can. And I'm going to say two stars and a C minus for this Royal Rumble. But then you have to consider that McIntyre's hot return, and he got a great reaction. It was one of the only Mm -hmm. good moments of the match, got wasted just so he could be fed to Lesnar, a guy who, and Chris, I cannot stress this enough. I don't know how many times I need to say the same fucking thing on this podcast. Brock Lesnar does not need to win Royal Rumbles. He does not need to win Money in the Banks. He does not need to get title shots. And he does not need to win championships to sell pay-per-view matches. Do you know what sells pay-per-view matches and tickets? Brock Lesnar, the person. You don't need anything extra around him. And if you want to give him title matches, the last thing you need to do is give him third-party reasons to get title matches. You know why he deserves a championship match? Because he's Brock F. Lesnar. That's why. Mm -hmm. Not because he won the Royal Rumble or he has the Money in the Bank briefcase. I mean, they've literally done it twice now in the last couple of years where they've sacrificed one of their tentpole uh, events, uh, match types, that allows the company to put over younger superstars or elevate other superstars on the roster into the main event, they've just flushed them down the toilet because LOL, let's just have Brock Lesnar enter last and win the damn thing. They did it with Money in the Bank. 
where they quote unquote screwed Ricochet, even though he probably wouldn't have won that anyway. And they did it right here where, again, quote unquote, he screwed McIntyre or anyone else in that match that could have won. WWE refuses to do anything else with Lesnar other than just have him win everything. And even worse is that on the exact same pay-per-view, WWE actually gave us incredible booking and storytelling with Reigns and Rollins. They created a storyline that would have made an absurdly good WrestleMania main event. And they're just going to throw it away at Elimination Chamber, blood money in the sand in Saudi Arabia, so we can get Reigns versus Lesnar main eventing WrestleMania night two one more time. There were so many other people that could have used this Royal Rumble win. Kevin Owens, Big E, Finn Balor, uh, I almost said Shane McMahon, I'm sorry, AJ Styles, (laughs) Drew McIntyre. Hell, as I said earlier, even if they did the exact same booking with Seth Rollins, people probably would have loved it and accepted it. This was not great. This was not good. This was not bad. This was relatively terrible booking. This was, Chris. Zero point zero. Zero point zero, Mr. Blutarski. Market zero. This is bullshit, man. This is crap. I don't give a damn what you people. That's the problem, Vince. That's the problem. You don't give a damn. And my problem is I care too much. Dropping them all for for that one deserved it. You are not happy. Yeah, no, it, it's 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 nonsense. It's look like look at look at the recent times where they have decided to give the rubble to somebody new, uh, upcoming, whatever. Bianca Belair last year, boom, you made her a star. It was great. People loved it. People went crazy for it. Drew McIntyre a few years ago, boom, people loved it. People went crazy. You got a new champion. Like like you can elevate these people to just waste them on Brock, you know. Uh, we see things on Brock and give another main event. Roman Brock, this will be with the third WrestleMania main event between the two of them. Um, actually, I've only been to one Mania and it was Brock versus Roman. I guess I'm getting that again now. And it like, ugh, it's, it's tough because like the, the, the Brock Roman story that they've told basically since SummerSlam has been pretty good. It's been a pretty good story. So it's not like this is coming out of nowhere. I understand in the vacuum why you want to do Brock Roman. I'm annoyed by it, but I get it. But when you throw in the Rollins thing that happened and the story you set up there already, and then you throw in, you know, Brock is probably going to be the one to end Roman Reigns' 500-something day championship reign after all that it's like man are we really gonna waste a royal rumble and a streak ender on brock again Ugh, ugh. we don't we don't need it you know i I didn't even i didn't even like that didn't even enter my brain because i was so angry about this whole thing they're gonna have lesnar end reign streak like unless yes most likely (laughs) unless and this is i wanted we don't need to fancy book down too far but considering both these things happened on this show what do you think are the chances we have a triple threat with Rollins, Brock, and Roman? I mean, look, it is feasible. Um, but the booking here, to me, set up an Elimination Chamber title match. That way Reigns is on the show, and it's set up a WrestleMania match. Yeah. The other option yeah, is 
they could potentially do Reigns, Rollins, Night One. Um, you know, like I, like I thought, if Lesnar retained the title, they could have done Reigns, Rollins, Night One, Lesnar, someone else, Night One, both championship matches, both of them retain, and then Reigns, Lesnar, title versus title, Night Two, in a non-title, just beastly main event or something like that. But Lesnar dropped the title. So now they're back to square one. They've reset their booking to day one just like they wanted. The difference is it was the exact opposite of what we expected. I thought they wanted to leave day one Lesnar and Rollins as champion. Instead, I don't know if the plan was for Reigns to leave as champion with, with Heyman screwing. I don't, I don't know what the plan was. But instead, we have Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley walking into WrestleMania as champion. And by the way, we haven't even spoken about what happens on the Raw side of things, where you have Lashley now as champion and zero clear challenger. Perhaps you could say yeah. Seth Rollins because he got screwed out of one title, so he goes after another. But who else is there? It will probably just be determined in the elimination chamber. And what kind of build are yeah. you going to have for that match? Where is the excitement there? There is none. Whereas if you had Rollins as your champion, even if it wasn't him fighting Reigns, you could have had a KO natural storyline, the Big E natural storyline. You know, uh, mm-hmm. AJ Styles, maybe not a natural storyline, but a mega match. Finn Balor, you would have had the first Universal Champion storyline that you could have See, refreshed. There's it, so it, many ways to go yeah. with Rollins as champion. And with big with Lashley, there's basically nowhere to go, Chris, unless they decide to bring back Bill Goldberg uh, because Lashley, I'm going to speak it, speak to it now because Lashley screwed him out of the title first time. Goldberg beat him in a non-title match at Blood Money in the Sand Crown Jewel. He probably feels like he deserves a championship match now. And if they do that, this just falls off a cliff. It's even worse than I thought it was. <laughs> I, no, this just came yeah, to my head. Wait up. I know. So, but here, here's the reverse thing you could have done. Again, if you want to do Roman Brock, have somebody else win this rumble and then do the story for the next three weeks of Brock getting himself into the elimination chamber match saying I'm or, coming for your Roman. Like, or just like, he doesn't if even you, need if to. If you wanted, he, I know he, he doesn't need to, but I'm just saying, if you wanted to have Brock win his way back to Roman, do it at elimination chamber. Don't do it at the rumble when correct. you just sold the, you do, when you just the, the telegraph the most obvious storyline in the world. But you know what would have been great? You know, you know what would have been great? You know what? Lesnar enters at 30. Okay? Reigns sees him enter at 30, spears his ass at ringside. So he, he costs him the title, and then he prevents him from winning the Royal Rumble. At least it would be like a consistency there, right? Yeah. Where, yeah, yeah. where, where you're like... You, I mean, yeah. And, and sorry, sorry. It subverts our expectations. We're like, oh my God, yes. they're going to have Lesnar yes. win it. Reigns comes out, spears his ass into the barricade. Like... You know what I mean? Like, yes. like those are the things you need to do from a booking perspective to appease your audience. And you're right. Him winning Elimination Chamber, I don't think it would have been good either, but it would have been far better than him winning the Royal Rumble. But the truth is, if you want to have Brock Lesnar challenge Roman Reigns, all you need to do is have Brock Lesnar challenge Roman Reigns. He doesn't need a reason. Yeah. The guy was just champion. He's been a nine-time champion, I think, now in WWE. He's the beast incarnate. He's the guy. He has, he gets whatever he wants through his contract. He has Vince McMahon's ear. You can, there are a myriad ways that you can get Brock Lesnar into the main event of WrestleMania. The last way, literally the last way you needed to do it was by having him win the Royal Rumble. 
Yeah, and, and, and like this was a, like a little thing in hindsight I would have done. You know, after Roman loses, after Brock loses that first match, have R- Brock pissed off backstage, say he heard Roman, you know, left the building and Brock gets in a car and drives off and, and you think he's gone. So then when he makes the appearance at 30, like it's at least kind of a surprise. Like it was so incredibly telegraphed that nobody was surprised at all. Like it, it was absolutely zero effort into to, to subverting your expectations to think it wouldn't be Brock. And again, I, I wouldn't have had Brock win it, but if you're going to do it, like really try to sell it. That's all I got on the main event. It was just, it was unforgivable. It it was unforgivable, man. I just got like, it was such a bad rumble. It was such a bad rumble match. It just, the the people in it, the the lack of stories being told, just, man, you're just like. In in 2020, two years ago, they booked the hell out of that rumble. Now, maybe. The last last few have been, have been pretty good. Oh yeah. No, they, we haven't had a bad, a truly bad men's rumble match in a long time, but I'm just pointing out the 2021 you could tell, like, they sat around and they booked the hell out of it. Every single thing that happened in that match made complete sense. The crowd was electric for that match. It was the exact opposite here. It, it, there was, it, it felt to me like there was a foreboding in the stadium that everyone knew exactly what we knew. Nothing that happens in this match matters because at the end, Brock Lesnar is going to come out at number 30. Mm-hmm. He's going to wipe out whoever's there. And he's going to go on to WrestleMania and he's going to fight Roman Reigns. And by the way, man, the booking of Lesnar winning this was made like we talked about how this whole pay-per-view piled on itself. So it was the DQ booking in the Reigns-Rollins match. It was the interference screw job in the uh, Lesnar-Lashley match. It was Brock Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble, but also the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble made the winner of the men's Royal Rumble even worse because they were identical. And we're going to get yes. to the women's Royal Rumble hopefully right now. But if it if if Liv Morgan, I'm just throwing bullshit out there, won the women's Royal Rumble, I would probably have a slightly less vociferous response to the men's Royal Rumble. But instead, they were exactly the same. And it and yep. It's just maddening. So can we, let's move on, right? Because we're almost an hour into yep. the show. Do you That's have anything it. else yep. on, the, on the men's match or no? Other than Boogs continues to look really weird. I don't know why he cut his hair. I don't know why he cut his hair. I don't know why he's wearing a red singlet now. His previous look was way yeah. better. I, I don't understand. Yeah. All right, let's get to the women's Royal Rumble. We'll start with what happened on SmackDown. Uh, Charlotte Flair opened SmackDown. She was trashing the Kansas City Chiefs and previewing the, the Royal Rumble match. Shayna Baszler showed up and she promised to win and challenge Flair at WrestleMania. It was great to see her. She's, I don't know where the hell she's been. It was great to see her back. Aaliyah came out all goody two shoes in an Aaliyah 317 shirt. I actually thought that was kind of fun and smart. Natalia and Shotzi spoke. And then out of absolutely nowhere, Sasha Banks shows up. Her entrance music hits. She surprises everyone in this black leather deal that, oh. <laughs> I have no idea what that first sound was before that, but yes, a hey now there. And she said she's ready to rumble. She slapped Charlotte and eventually threw Charlotte over the ropes. It was really good to see that WWE, like I said, remembered Shayna and remembered that Shotzi still existed. Now, we'll talk about their booking in the rumble in a moment. Uh, But given all of the ruined surprises and all of the promoted appearances, whatever you want to call it, for this specific match, 
having Sasha return on SmackDown to me felt stupid. I'm going to talk about it more in a moment, but especially after WWE and Sasha did a really good job kayfabing her injury, uh, media, uh, inside dirt sheet people, everyone reported she was going to miss the Rumble. She'd be out a number of weeks, wouldn't be able to return. Meanwhile, there she is showing up on SmackDown of all places. And ultimately, we'll talk about it in a moment, appearing number one at the Royal Rumble. I thought it was just mind-numbing that they wasted it on SmackDown. Yeah, it just, it told me, oh, okay, Sasha's not winning the Rumble. They want, they're going to have a bigger surprise. This was, the, this was kind of our theory going into the, the women's Rumble. Yeah. So they announced, well, no, that they announced so many legends, your Summer Rays, your Mickey James, your Nikki Bellas, because they had an even bigger surprise that they wanted to hold off. And so they wanted to give people their moment at various times, like Summer Rae showing up on a SmackDown. And then this was Sasha Banks making her surprise return the night before on SmackDown. So she got the nice return. People pop, go crazy. And then it wasn't then overshadowed by something else. So when I saw this, my first thought was, okay, yeah, Sasha's definitely not winning now. Agreed. It completely telegraphed the fact that not only was she not going to win, but the fact she'd be in the match, obviously, where... Otherwise, it would have been a surprise. We thought she was out. We haven't seen her in weeks. All right, so we're going to get to the match. We're going to break this down exact same way we did the men. Match first, opinions afterward. Sasha Banks entered at one, and Melina did surprise at number two. She did her whole classic entrance. She got the red carpet, the whole deal. But Banks eliminated her quickly. And then she did Melina's own split to mock her, which was a great way to start the match. Kelly Kelly. And by the way, yeah, well, you, you, you talked about Sasha Banks' outfit on Friday. The Sailor Moon outfit on Saturday, once again, had all of us saying, hey, now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kelly Kelly was four. She looked like a completely different person. Uh, Banks eliminated her. Liv Morgan was six and ate three amigos from Banks. Queen Zelina was seven and shockingly eliminated Banks with Tamina. So Sasha was out m- before one third of the way into this match. And after starting it at one, which just blew my mind. Belair That's was eight. That's the bigger problem. Yeah, yeah. Bian- Bianca Belair was eight. Sonya Deville was 11, but kept her jacket on. Cameron was 13, the former <laughs> Funkadactyl with Naomi, which led uh, Sonya to say, hey, screw this. I'm going to go eliminate her because she's Naomi's friend. She comes in, takes off her jacket, eliminates her. Naomi predictably was 14. She hit Sonya with a temple kick and just knocked her right out. That was kind of cool. Rhea Ripley got a great ovation at 16 and threw Carmella in the ring when she refused to enter at 15. So they did that spot two times inside a couple of numbers. Uh, Ripley then eliminated both members of the tag team champions. Charlotte Flair was 17. Naomi saved herself with a handstand, but Sonya pulled her arms out from underneath her, eliminating Naomi. So she got her back. Ivory was 18, and she was dressed up in her right to censor character. Uh, Ripley threw her out while she was talking on the mic, which was kind of cool. Brie Bella was 19, and she got a huge yes chant. Mickey James was 20. She wore the Impact Knockouts title. She had her own music, so they did give her the full respect. James eliminated Michelle McCool in a throwback to their feud. They booked this well. Mickey got a lot of time in the match, but she didn't mm-hmm. eliminate any active women. She only did Legends, which was smart. Uh, Alicia Fox was 21. Nikki Ash was 22. Rhea Ripley waited for her, so Nikki actually made her entrance from under the ring around the ring. Surprised her. Tried to eliminate her. Failed. Summer Rae was 23 with red hair. She got eliminated eliminated by her old rival, Natalia. Nikki Bella was 24. Sarah Logan came in. She was all Vikinged out. She made a surprise entry at 25. She did have a brief moment with Liv Morgan, but it was literally a moment and immediately got eliminated by the Bellas. Liv tried to eliminate Nikki. 
So Brie threw Liv Morgan over and just got the shit boot out of her because no one wanted to live out. Lita was 26. She eliminated Mickey James. Like I said, James got a decent run. Molly Holly came in as Mighty Molly at 27 and got blindsided by Nikki outside and then brought inside and eliminated. Ronda Rousey made a shocking return at 28. She was in full heel mode wearing all black. All the women stopped and stared uh, you know, at Rousey when she came in. She eliminated Nikki. Then, oh no, sorry. She eliminated someone else. I don't know who, I, I got the name wrong. Then Brie eliminated Nikki. Oh, it must've been Nikki Ash. She eliminated Nikki yeah. Ash. Then Brie eliminated Nikki Bella as payback from years ago where Nikki eliminated her sister. There you go. And Rousey then got Brie Bella out. Shotzi came in at 29 and Shayna Baszler was 30. The crowd did pop for Rousey and Baszler when they kind of stood across from each other, but Flair interrupted. Shotzi accidentally bumped Rousey and immediately got eliminated. Natalia also got eliminated. And then the final six were Rousey, Belair, Lita, Ripley, Flair, and Baszler. So from a final six perspective, it's the opposite of the men's match. This made mm-hmm. complete sense. I'm not saying that all six were the perfect six, but this is what you want at the end of a Royal Rumble match. It was it made total sense. Flair booted Lita. Rousey got Ripley with a triangle choke and then an armbar. Flair booted Ripley over uh, onto the apron, off the apron. Belair stupidly stopped Flair from booting Rousey's head into the post. Why she would stop her didn't make any sense. Belair then KOD'd Baszler while Flair dumped Belair over the rope simultaneously. And that left Flair and Rousey as the final two. Flair charged Rousey, who immediately caught her and eliminated her right away. Rousey got the win. She got face cheers, but she didn't indulge them, which made me think she was staying heel. So just like the men's match, you have Rousey at the end with another main eventer, and you don't even let them wrestle. The the elimination came in like, for her, one move. For the men's match, like three moves, and it was over. Flair had five eliminations, Rousey had four, and Rhea Ripley had three. So that's the breakdown of the match. Let's get to some takeaways here and Chris interject whenever you want. Sasha first, right? Uh, it felt like Sasha was just completely thrown to the side. It almost felt as if she was originally going to win this match. And when they maybe signed Ronda Rousey to return, they just said, you know what? Let's just throw Sasha away. She doesn't need it. There's no reason to pump her up in the match because we have a different winner. She got the, she got the SmackDown return, the number one spot, and the early elimination, all three, didn't make any sense. Now, some listeners did note to me, perhaps it was done this way because she's not 100% and can't go after injury, but they wanted her in everything and she was healthy enough to get cleared, but not healthy enough to go. I do think that's plausible, but without having Sasha in the match and eliminating her so early, the lack of star power was notable throughout the entire thing. Yes, it, it, it was like... The, the the men notable the lack of in-house star power in 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 you know, in the men's case they resorted to tag teams in the women's case they resorted to a shit ton of legends yeah the sonia cameron uh naomi stuff i thought it was very appropriate and fun it was very similar to the johnny knoxville sammy zane stuff but my biggest problem with both was they just entered them all after one another just like they did the men and that is just such a lack of creativity like, it doesn't give anyone an opportunity to do anything with anyone else. In in past Rumbles, when you have storylines like this, you leave a gap of four people, right? That way some person gets a little bit of run, then the other person comes and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. 
They do it, that person gets eliminated and you move over. I hated that all these were back to back. These numbers are supposed to be randomly drawn in kayfabe. It was like they were, they booked both of these matches. Like in kayfabe, Vince McMahon was back there making it so that it had to fit perfectly his storytelling. You know what I mean? Like it's supposed yeah, to be, yeah, I, it's supposed to be random somewhat. Yeah, that I'm, you're, you're not wrong. That didn't bother me so much. I'm, I legit popped when Cameron showed up. I was hoping they were going to do some more fun stuff with her, like have her try to pin somebody's back or something like that on their back. And then, and, and, and when um, Naomi, you knew you figured Naomi was going to come out soon. And I was hoping we'd get a, a real Funkadactyl's reunion. We didn't do it. Camera got eliminated when Naomi came out and Naomi just like checked on her and then went in the ring. I was hoping, yeah. I was thinking like, have Naomi and Cameron get in the ring and everybody's around them down. And then they just, they do the Funkasaurus thing. Like the right. like, too cool did the dance with Rikishi back at that one rumble. Like just give them like a moment or something like that. That, that was something neither of these rumbles had a ton of, which was just like fun stuff. Like normally you have like these, you know, make it seem like it's organic, but these like fun things that just, just happen. And also I just wanted to know, we got all together, Cameron, Melina and Alicia Fox. Uh, fun little reference back there, <laughs> but they they were not all together. But a fun connection there for for those who remember that uh, the whole uh, thing was tough enough thing. Uh, yes, so that was that was my thoughts on camera. Yes, good point, good point on that. Uh, I did totally pop the one thing I popped for the Molly and Nikki Ash spot. Very fun, like some fun. Yes, that was good. Smart. That's what we, that's what we're talking about. Like just yeah. a little bit of a nugget. You know what I mean? Um, in there, Rousey got a great pop, but it it didn't feel that special because. Look, the truth is, this was spoiled Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported it. Uh, I think Sean Ross Sapp reported it. They reported that Rousey was back with WWE, would be in the Royal Rumble, would have a title match at WrestleMania, which meant she was likely going to win the Royal Rumble. And in 2022, everyone in that crowd has already read that spoiler. I mean, maybe some of the kids didn't, but all, the, didn't. Adult, all the adult fans read that spoiler and knew it was coming. So you have that's this- on them. No, it's out that, there. It's all over Twitter. You can't avoid it. It, it. it, it is, but you got to remember, we're not the fans that are looking for with these. I know, but if you're but if you're WWE, you got to do a better job keeping that quiet because yes, that, that was sure, the big sure. surprise on the whole show, and mm-hmm. it really didn't feel like a, a big. I mean, Ronda Rousey was num- the number one odds uh, on the odds board coming in because that's how yes, bad, was. badly that, it was leaked. Yeah, so, that I saw. Yeah. So okay. So anyway, so that was disappointing. We'll talk about the win in a moment. Uh, Shotzi didn't get nearly enough time here. She should have been in far earlier with legends coming in later. It was disappointing for me not to get Asuka. Hopefully she returns to TV this week or soon. At the same time though, Chris, I was pleasantly surprised that we did not have Alexa Bliss here. Yeah, didn't have their, didn't have Bliss. Didn't, so I'm curious where that story will go with her. If that, that psychiatry thing's still ongoing. Bailey later, I think posted a picture of her watching the show. Obviously she wasn't, in it as well. Well, she wasn't ready. She was. She wasn't ready. Right. 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 Yeah. As for the the surprise returns, I, I wrote some of these down. Um, Michelle McCool continues to look incredible and was great in the ring. Her finisher, the Styles Clash, I think it's called the Faith Breaker or Faith Buster or something like that. You know, la- la- two years ago, Undertaker made a comment in the feud with AJ Styles that his wife does the finisher, does the Styles Clash better than AJ Styles does. You know what? He's right. <laughs> she does a better Styles Clash no, than AJ Styles that. was. 
I it it that thing smacked. It was a really well done uh batch. Uh Alicia Fox, I was really sad we didn't get unless I missed it. Uh Tilt a World Backbreaker. She has one of the best Tilt a World Backbreakers in the game. So I was upset they didn't uh do one of those. Ivory coming back with the right to center gimmick. I popped huge for that because I actually watched several right to center clips during the week. I went down a YouTube rabbit hole and I got down to the Godfather versus right to center when he ended up becoming the good father and giving up the hose. And I was like, you know what? That was a that was a solid underrated attitude era gimmick was was right to censor. So when she comes out in that, I popped for that. Her being on the microphone the entire time was pretty funny. Uh, so 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 that worked. Love Mickey James coming out with the Impact title, and they put it on the Chiron there. Uh, Forbidden Door continues to be broken down. That was cool. And actually, remind me one of the um, one of the old Rumbles I was watching this week was '98, and actually Jeff Jarrett shows up wearing the NWA North American title. So uh, something WWE has. Yeah, that was done different. They had a working. Past. They had a working relationship. Yeah, yeah, with right, right, right. But yeah, but. It was cool that they they did that for Mickey. Hardcore Country, Impact, all that. Loved it. We get the Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan bit. And like you said, it was only a second. So I don't know if they had a chance to or not. But I noticed they did not say Riot Squad. Uh, I don't know if that was, oh, yeah. done, <laughs> that, that was done on purpose or not. Uh, they just said they have a relation. They used to be together. They did not say in the Riot Squad. I don't know. Again, there wasn't a lot of time. But... I took note of that. And toward the end of that match, I couldn't help but thinking Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler would be one hell of a tag team. They'd be I awesome. I think they'd be great. They'd be, they they'd be, be great, great competitors because they are legit friends. They'd be a great tag yeah. team. Uh, talk, like about revitalizing Shana, that, talk about revitalizing that division, you know? Yeah, like the camera, I think, showed Shayna basically like looking back and smiling when Ronda came out. And that was like that was when I was like, oh, man, like there could be something cool there. So, yeah. Uh, and also, before we get to, to Ronda winning, Ronda had a baby four months ago, almost to the day. That is, we're getting into the idea of her main eventing and all this stuff, but just want to say that is incredibly badass to yeah. be back and, 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 and ready to go four months after having a baby. That That's nuts. There were a lot of moms in this show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Becky Lynch, Ronda. Yeah. They mentioned Michelle McCool wanting to do this for her kids. Beth Phoenix. Like a lot of badass women Maurice, in the show. Nikki Bella, yes, Brie Bella. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So credit to all of them um for, for just for, for being awesome. I thought this was a like you said, it was a well booked rumble. It wasn't super it wasn't like all that great in the end, but you could see that they were trying to do some things. Well and we didn't we didn't get that in the men's. Well, it there was more effort and it, there was more success in booking this match, but that didn't make it a good match. I mean, it wasn't no, bad. No, no, no. It wasn't bad, but right. it wasn't good. And as far as the booking goes, look, let's face facts. And we knew this to some degree, but we didn't know how extreme it was going to be. WWE has found their female Brock Lesnar, their part-time women's performer who cannot exist in the company without being in the title match or holding a championship. Flair basically no-sold her elimination it was among the worst of the entire match. I hated that Flair was in the final two when she didn't need to be as the champion. Rousey could yeah. have eliminated her a couple spots early. Like, like you said, it wasn't an awful Rumble match, but there were so many veterans in it 
that the action was extremely limited. And worse than that is that we didn't get any notable moments to remember. Belair and Ripley should have gotten a couple memorable stretches here to put them over Mm -hmm. inside of the match. Uh, Where were all the NXT women? I mean, for the men's side, you can say, okay, well, a lot of the men were released or called up already. On the women, it's like there's just so many options and you have someone like Io Shirai or Raquel Gonzalez or Dakota Kai or Mandy Rose, the women's champion. Why weren't they in this match? You have all of these spots and they just gave zero for the men or women to NXT. They they completely locked them out in favor of a five second right to censor spot. And again, I'm not saying that that in particular was bad. I'm just saying that when you have 15 legends in a Royal Rumble, which is only 30 people, and you Mm -hmm. can't use the people that are on your roster in NXT, not to mention all the people that you released, it just shows how thin your roster is. A year ago, we talked about how deep WWE's roster was. Uh, 18 months ago, we were talking about, not we necessarily, but others were talking about WWE hoarding talent. It is the exact opposite right now. Let's get off that. Simply put, Chris, I would not have booked Rousey to win. She could have got, just like with Brock, she could have gotten a Mania match or even a title match without the Rumble, okay? You you have a storyline ready-made with Becky. You have a storyline ready-made with Charlotte that she never got the match she was supposed to get with either of them. You can say that at 35. Ripley needed this. Others could have used it. It was just a bad booking. It was not as insulting as Brock Lesnar, given his was just so completely predictable. And Rousey was at least a surprise. And she does have legitimate credentials and people do like her. But to do them both on the same Royal Rumble, back to back, and you have all these other people on your roster and you've released all these other people and you're saying to the superstars still on your roster, you're the ones, you're our chosen few. You're the ones we want to push. And then WrestleMania season comes and you give them the double birds, one for the women and one for the men in lieu of Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar. I'm not saying they can't be in main event matches or world championship matches at WrestleMania. If you're paying both of them and they're on your roster, they probably should be in those matches at WrestleMania, but they don't need to win the Royal Rumble to get there. Others could have used this moment. I'm going to say three stars and a B minus for this match. Maybe it's a little generous, but it was way better than the men. And I gave the men two stars. So there you go, Chris. I don't even, I'm losing energy. I'm so depressed at this. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I'm, (sighs) you're right. It's not, it wasn't nearly as bad as Brock because Brock, you know, Ron hasn't taken all these opportunities away from other people in the past. And, I get, you know, you're WWE, you're trying to be this global media company, you want star power. And look, Ronda Rousey wins, and The Athletic asks me to write up a short little thing about Ronda Rousey winning, because she's a name. And so they got that out of Let it. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Ronda Rousey debuts, or, or returns. You think they're still asking you to write it if she didn't win? If it wasn't tonight, if she showed up on a Monday Night No, Raw, no, at the, at, she shows up in the Royal Rumble, she gets yeah. to the final three but doesn't win. You're still writing that story. 
No, I don't think so. No. Really? I, okay. I, I think, yeah, I, I think they only cared because she won. Um, so, like, I get it. And, and they're, they're going to get a lot of attention. Again, I'm, I'm way more upset about the Brock one than I am the Ronda one. Because, you know, like we said, the roster's so thin of who's left. Who, who needs it outside of Rhea Ripley? Sasha doesn't need it. Bianca doesn't need it. Carmella doesn't need it. You know, if if someone else had come back, maybe sure. But but based on what we got, you know, I I I don't know. And here's the thing about Ronda Rousey: a lot of people don't like her. I really liked her year from 2018 to 2019 in the company, and I liked it because they figured it out toward the end that she is a good heel. She gets a lot of heat on her, and the problem we 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 face now. Is that who's she gonna face? Charlotte or Becky? Either one of them, the story's there. The problem is they're both heels. And I think they're gonna do a Ronda Rousey face run. And I don't think it's gonna work. It's especially not gonna work if they do Becky. If they do Becky, if they do Becky versus Oh no, but they can they can easily turn Becky back face and have Ronda be heel. Right. Well, they're gonna have to. I'm I'm saying. Like I'm just curious if if they're bringing Ronda back and thinking they're gonna make her the face again. I don't think it's gonna work. On Every, the flip side, I think, she, and I think she's a good heel. Is the other thing. So everything I, I took I, away, where, everything I took away from the Rumble was her is a heel, her staying a heel. Right, she had the stern face, wasn't happy, smiling. You know, I don't know. I we'll, we'll see on. Um, did they say she'd be on Raw? Or she's gonna be, she's okay. gonna be on Raw Monday night. Okay, so we'll find out Monday, but we'll talk about it Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about it on our next episode. We'll we'll ta- we'll, we'll, we'll we'll have a much better view when I assume she cuts a promo on. Tuesday or Monday. So we'll see. I, I, I doubt that they're going to have her be heel. I think they're going to try to have her as a face because that's what they do. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. So again, just the both Royal Rumble matches disappointing compared to potential. Um, and really the four matches we've talked about so far all fit that. The next two. One, I one, wait, I wait, wait, wait. Sorry. One last Rumble point here I got to make. Yeah. In general, both of them, the production of the entrances is so bad for most of the women's rumbles. Whenever the clock hit down to zero, the the camera was on fans in the stands and then music would hit. I don't know whose music this is because I don't know half these people. Well, that's half of them are legends. Yeah. And and, and then it, it takes two, three seconds and then it cuts over like, oh, okay, it's this person. The men, it was a lot of times in the ring. But again, a lot of people have music that I don't know what it is. I don't know Madcast music. I don't know Ridge Holland's music. <laughs> I don't know these things. And so it's it's terrible because that's, that, that split second of buzzer hits, music hits, that's the whole thing. And they took it away time and time again because we don't know who a lot of these people are. And I watched the 2001 Royal Rumble a couple days ago leading up to this. Every single time the clock started counting down, they would cut to a hard cam that was facing the ring and the screen. And so you'd see it hit zero, and then you'd see the Titan Tron hit and the music hit, and you could see instantly who it is. And I just thought it was incredibly poor production for a viewer on Peacock to know who a lot of these people are when they're making their entrance outside of the handful of people whose music we know. They've changed so many songs that we don't we're, we're we're not connected to them so that was incredibly frustrating just in terms of every single person coming in 
a lot of the times that, oh man, I can't believe it's this person moment didn't happen because I didn't know what it was for a few seconds. Think, think about it in the men's match, three of the regular superstars that got the biggest reactions, okay? It was Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, and Sheamus. And it wasn't yep. just because people like Sh- them. Shane, Mc- Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon. No, no. Sheamus is what I am. I'm specifically saying Sheamus. You can say Shane also. Sure. He, he fits this category yeah. as well. But it's because when their entrance music started, you know exactly who it is. The, it's it's yeah. notable. The beginning of all of those entrances, it's a shameful, you know, that here comes the money. Drew's sound Rand, it makes a lot Randy of sense. Too, yeah. I'm, I'm forgetting yeah. the fourth person who I said. Randy Orton Rand, is another Randy person. Orton, Orton, yeah. uh, Riddle, bro. Like all of those, yeah. it, it connects you in your head. Like Steve Austin's glass shattering. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Like all of those, they're triggers. And you go, oh yeah, I'm excited to see this person, right? Your point is great because, and this was one of the reasons the first 20 of the Men's Rumble was so boring because there were so many New people slash new music. Even Damian Priest, you knew his old music. You don't know his new music, right? And so you're waiting for all these things to excite you. And then you hear music and you're like, what the hell? I don't know who this is. And you're not even looking at the person like you're saying. You're looking at the crowd because WWE wants you to care more about the crowd reacting to it rather than the person. But the problem is the crowd's not going to react positively because the crowd doesn't know who it is either. And that's, Boogs the, comes that's out, the biggest problem. Bo- Boogs comes out and Pat McAfee says, I guess this is his music because we've never <laughs> heard it before. Right. Like, <laughs> so why like, wouldn't you have him use Shinsuke's music at, le- at least? Right. Like, right. so, yeah. so yes, it was a major, the, that whole production of the Rumble, and it was much worse with the men than it was the women because there were so many women legends that had recognizable music, but it was legitimately an issue the entire show. We have to move on. We got to yes. get out of here. We've got two more yep. matches left. Let's move on to the Raw Women's Championship. Becky Lynch. Versus Dewdrop. Now, this came right after the women's Rumble match, and the crowd was not only dead, and understandably so, after a Rumble match, that's, that's what's bound to happen, but they were also distracted early in the match because the WrestleMania sign caught on fire from Pyro during Rousey's entrance or celebration. I'm not sure which one. It had to be lowered, repaired. People under the sign had to get evacuated. So the crowd isn't even watching the match because they see a fire and they're wondering what the hell is going on. As far as the match goes, Dewdrop hit her running sent on twice, a sit-down powerbomb, and a corner cannonball, all for near falls. Lynch got her knees up for a Vader bomb, then hit a somersault sent on for a near fall. Then she draped Dewdrop over the top rope and hit a flying leg drop for a near fall. Dewdrop countered the manhandle slam into a sit-down big ending for a near fall. Uh, Dewdrop then went to the second rope, I think to hit another Vader bomb, but Lynch got up, got onto the ropes, and caught her with a man no slam because she wasn't able to lift her dead from the mat. So took her off the top rope with an avalanche manhandle slam, using that height as momentum to her advantage for the win. I thought this was a very smartly booked 14-minute match. Lynch was the obvious winner. We knew she was going to win. But she made Dewdrop look really formidable throughout this entire thing, just as she did Liv Morgan and just as she did Bianca Belair, not at SummerSlam, but in their subsequent match. I really liked the booking here. I have to downgrade it only because of the crowd reaction. The the sell of it wasn't as good as it should have been, but this was good work. It was well-booked. Dewdrop was made to look really good, and the finish was exciting. I went 3.5 stars and a B. Yeah, again, I'm right there on the star rating. It was was good. It was fine. It it was exactly what what you wanted. You knew it wasn't going to steal the show. It was 
the, the match probably everyone was least looking forward to out of everything on the card. And that's okay. It doesn't need to steal the show. It just, you need to be solid and, and, and Dewdrop looks good. And it's a finish that makes sense. You know, Dewdrop is, you physically just looks like she could manhandle Becky Lynch. So you got to figure out a way Becky can, 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 can win without making Dewdrop look dumb. And they did. It was it, really solid work. It was exactly what it needed to be. Um, so, yeah. Just, I don't have. I, I know we we all we we talk more when it's negative, but it's just you know this was again probably the bottom car bottom match on the card, and it was good. We also had Edge and Beth Phoenix, the Grit couple, against the Miz and Maurice, the It couple, in a mixed tag team match that was a little bit more like an intergender match than a mixed tag. But I digress. Yeah. Uh, Edge got some stuff in early. Maurice uh, got the tags. So the women entered. She hit Phoenix in the back with her brick loaded purse, just as she did. Uh, on which are they on raw uh, behind the referee's back edge and Miz were battling on the ropes when Beth grabbed Miz and hit a jackknife powerbomb followed by an edge elbow drop for a near fall Miz leapfrogged a spear after Maurice distracted edge Maurice then hit edge with a hurricanrana and then DDT Beth Miz hit edge with the skull crushing finale but edge kicked out in 2.8 which is a really good false finish I thought for a second you were going to be right and I was going to be really upset but no, that's not what happened. Uh, they tried a double skull crushing finale, the heels, but Beth speared Maurice and then they double speared Miz, who had an excellent cell standing on us at a very Dwayne Johnson-esque cell <laughs> of the spear. Then both of them, Beth and Edge, hit the glam slam for the one, two, three as Edge pinned Miz for the second time. Like I said, more intergender than mixed tag, but it was excellent, excellent match especially for Beth and Maurice who are not active wrestlers right now. And Maurice who, you know, no offense, right? Beth Phoenix is a, is a, a true legend. She's a transcendent women's wrestler. Maurice was a, a women's wrestler who did fine for what she was given. She really pleasantly surprised me in this match. I was also thrilled that I think, I hope, I pray this actually ended the edge Miz feud because now he's pinned him twice, Chris, and yeah. they shouldn't go all the way to WrestleMania. And hopefully they won't no. edge edge. You got AJ Styles there for you, dude. You got Finn Balor. There's so many other great options for edge at WrestleMania. Kevin Owens, even right. Seth Rollins, a million different ways. I guess they already did Rollins. So not Rollins. Everyone else that I mentioned. Anyway, I think it's the end. This was an excellent, shockingly entertaining match. I went 3.5 stars in a B for this. Also very good stuff here. Look, let's be honest. This was a mess for a while. The first, I, I, I uh, the first like third of it was a mess. You, yes, you, 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 you make the point often with AEW in that tags don't matter, and Rick Knox doesn't know what's going on, and they just ignore it. That happened in this. Uh, there was not much tagging. There Let was me cut you off. Doing... Let me cut you yeah. off. The difference between the two is this was a mixed gender match, and theoretically only certain people can touch certain people. So you can have right. Miz and Maurice. There's even more uh, Sorry, you can have, you can have Maurice. You, but you, no, no, let me explain. Because you can have Maurice and um, Beth Phoenix yeah. brawl and they're, neither of them are legal. So it doesn't matter. And they can't be legal. So it doesn't matter. The problem, as you're mentioning here, is when it comes with them touching the men. And it's the same thing that happened in the Britt Baker, Adam Cole match recently on AEW where it was supposed to be a mixed tag match, which means the men can only fight the men and the women can only fight the women, but you had him kind of going through it a little bit. So yes, it's true, but 
it's less of an issue in a match like this because it's such a unique situation. When it's a tag match or it's a tag team title match or it's an eight man and just the tags don't matter at all and it's it's tornado rules, that's a little bit different than a mixed match where you can bend the rules a little bit more because it's supposed to be a unique match. I digress. Go I, ahead. I don't. I don't remember how many tags there were in this. It was not many. But Only that a few. Said, Only it, a few. Yeah. That said, it, it it was it was fun. It, it it found its footing. There were a few times I legit thought that Miz and Maurice were going to win. Yeah, me too. and 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 had me thinking, oh, they're gonna they're gonna blow off Edge and Miz at Elimination Chamber. I guess that's fine. And uh, so they got me a few times on that. And. I thought it was cool that they ended with Beth Phoenix's finisher because typically, you know, these things play out. Mm-hmm. Nikki and John Cena both do the AA. You finish on the on the guy's finisher, whatever. So a cool little thing to change it up and, and have the woman's finisher be the way to end it. So, yeah, in the end, again, something that was exactly needed to be. It was fun. It was entertaining. It did the job. It got the job done. I agreed with that. OK, let's get to the final part here of our instant analysis, which is the post show grades. Chris, uh, I forgot. So I, I know that I always re- let you go before me, but do I read the fan stuff before you or I forget? I'm exhausted. You do the fan. You, you do. You do the uh, I think you do the, the listeners first. OK, listeners first. So let's do a quick reminder about what your listeners thought about our pre-show expectation grades, along with what Chris and I said. I gave it an A pre-show expectation grade. Chris was in a minus. The listeners, the breakdown was 67 A, 30 B. 1C, 2D to F. We wipe those away. Uh, we round up or we just round it. A minus, basically, is what we're saying. The listeners thought pre-show. Uh, like again, Chris, A minus also, Adam A. Post-show grades. Here is how the listeners came in, Chris. Uh, I, I think I think I really do them last, but we'll let them go first. 5.5% A, 26% B, 42% C, and 20 20- 7% D and F, which I don't even know how you, I mean, again, I don't know how you average this with I know flat how. letter grades. I, 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 I think it's a C. I, I think it's a flat C. Is what yeah, it is. probably. But I, that's gotta be the lowest we've had in this podcast history, I think. For a, any pay-per-view, I think it's the lowest listener grade. I, I, I mean, maybe one of those AEW shows might've been in the B minus C plus range. And and we've definitely had C plus WWE shows uh, in yeah. this range, but I don't think we've had a flat C WWE pay per view in a while, if ever, in the show in the history of the show. But the yeah, listeners came in, like, yeah. the, the listeners came in at a flat C. That surprises me. Um, I'm I'm between a B minus and a B. Uh, I like as much as I didn't like the ending to Rollins reigns. I liked the match. I ended up understanding it at the end at the time. I, the, the mixed tag was, was good. The Becky match was good. The women's rumble was okay. The Brock probably was okay. And then the men's rumble was bad. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say B minus. I'm going to be a little bit hard just because the two big ones, the Rumbles, that's what you come for. Both of them were pretty, pretty much a letdown. So I'm going to go B minus. I think you are being very generous here for WWE. Um, <laughs> you know, Chris, it was I tweeted this. So excuse me for being repetitive. It was appropriate that the WrestleMania sign was set on fire twice. Twice. Tonight. 
because that's what WWE did to my interest in that show. It set it on fire twice. I was teased with a better men's main event, Rollins, Reigns, and the rug was pulled out from under me. Both Royal Rumble winners were completely wasted and, as I've already spoken about, totally unnecessary. Neither of the major WrestleMania-level main events on the show ended clean. They were not throwaways, but they weren't treated with the gravitas that they deserved in the way they were promoted. And again, if this was a B-level pay-per-view where those matches just happened to be on, that might be okay. For the Royal Rumble, one of the three true tentpole events of the year, that is not okay. But that is not to say the show, top to bottom, was bad from an entertainment standpoint. It's just that the booking here was completely atrocious. Out of all the great options we discussed on the Ultimate Preview, all the different ways these matches could have been booked, all the different people who could have won the Royal Rumble, WWE proved once again, it just does not want to listen to its fans or doesn't want to care about what is truly best for business. And when I say that, I mean long-term, not in two months. What WWE does is they book what's best for business, what they think is best for business, you know, two to four months out, not two to four years out. And that's the problem. There were probably six winners of the men's rumble people would have loved and probably four for the women's rumble. And instead, we got two part-timers who didn't need the wins. I just can't get over WWE as a company, Vince McMahon, as a guy who has been booking wrestling for decades now. I can't get over these people thinking that's smart booking. They have zero interest in building new stars or taking care of the people who bust their asses week in and week out through a fucking pandemic on this roster. This is an example of a pay-per-view where the final grade is worse than the sum of the parts because my match grades were mostly, you know, positive. The matches were entertaining, but the booking was terrible. The Reigns-Rollins match, the mixed tag team match saved this from a worse grade because, you know, the the Rollins-Reigns was a banger and the mixed tag was very entertaining. And I liked the women's match, even though it didn't get a lot of crowd attention. I wrote the de- this down before the fans came in. It was a flat C show. This was booked like a B-level pay-per-view, but the problem is it had the card of a WrestleMania. It was a tentpole event that needs to get booked perfectly or as close to it, and WWE absolutely did not do that. Was it a DRF show? I mean, maybe you could say a D plus, right? Because I, I, of you just could say, have, you could say re- to expectations. You could say I, I we were coming in thinking A's a minus, to basically get nothing of what we wanted. I can understand, you know, heat of the moment, a D-plus reaction. Right, but it it wasn't a failure of a show. There was too much that was good on it, and it just wasn't that bad. Um, But, you know, there's a difference between the entertainment value of a show and the booking of the show. When it comes to wrestling, wrestling is, you know, very different than other things, right? Like Game of Thrones, for example. It's all about the story right? You know, you're not going to be entertained by Game of Thrones if there's not a good story. With WWE, with sports, you can be very entertained by something, even football, for example. You can be very entertained by a football game, even though objectively, you know it's not a good game, right? And that's what this was. It was entertaining many parts of this pay-per-view, but was it good? Was it well-written and well-booked and, and well-story story planned out? No, it wasn't. 
So no. I am flat C here. Very disappointing. Uh, before this pay-per-view, during our pre-show, in the lead-up, I texted you. I never texted you before the show. I think <laughs> WWE had a ton of positive momentum going into the Royal Rumble. People were legitimately excited about this show. They got a ton of press. They did a good job promoting it. The card was extremely mm-hmm. strong. And as always these days, they just can't ride that wave of momentum. They just refuse to succeed on the things that they've set up for themselves. They have to fail. They, they just, they have to be the heel company. And here we are again, pay-per-views we've normally praised over the last two years of this podcast. Even though the TV shows have been bad, the pay-per-views have largely been good to very good to occasionally great. This just simply was not one of them. This was not a good show. Average at best, it was a C for me. Yeah, you make a good point. And as you explain it, I, I I feel myself falling down toward a C plus because, you know, I have I have tickets to Tomania this year. It's in Dallas. Um, if it was not, this is not the kind of show that would make me want to buy tickets now. Like, like, like I'm not like, oh, man, I got to get WrestleMania tickets now. I, yeah, I got to see Ronda Rousey, uh, Charlotte Flair, potentially. You know? Yeah, it, it, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's just not. And, and, you know, this man, this really feels like. 2013 2014 2015 period when we, we ever it was the same thing it was WWE's not working on new stars they're giving us the same thing they just want Brock Lesnar to reign over at WrestleMania it's all the same stuff over and over again and so it, part part of you is like well of course this is what always this is what Vince always does Vince is the booker Vince is the guy who makes his decisions I can also at the same time see you know Nick Khan being like hey you know look at all the headlines we're getting because of Ronda Rousey, you know, this is good for her media attention, whatever. Oh, that's and, exactly what they're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So of like, course. it's just, it's just, ugh. and, and yeah, you texted me 10 minutes into the show during, right after Seth Rollins shield entrance, you said they aren't messing around tonight. Well, turns out they were messing because, around. Because Chris, right a bit. because Chris, be, between <laughs> the pre-show, which I actually thought the kickoff show really amped up the pay-per-view well. The start of the Royal Rumble, Reigns' entrance, the crowd reaction, the crowd was hot. And then we get Rollins' entrance, and they are electric. And I go, wow. They, I, I texted you that because I believed mm-hmm. it in that moment. And like mm-hmm. I said, we were riding high coming in. The momentum for Rumble over the last couple of days, it really did kick into another gear. And and then they gave us that show. Yep. Yep. And And... and- Two Rumble winners again. You just you did you can have these people main event WrestleMania and not give them the Rumble. That's the problem. That that's what it goes back to when I said before, which was nothing out of this show said, "Hey WWE fans, you know here's the future. Here's what you can look forward to in a few years." It was all about, "Hey, we got some part timers back, and we're going to give you some schmazzy championship matches." There, there's there's not something that comes out and say, "Oh man, I." I WWE's their future is looking great coming out of this. You can't and, say it. And by the way, they could have accomplished that within the confines of the booking and matches. Like, not that I would have ever booked these two to win the Royal Rumble, but if I had to, let's say you know, Nick Khan's like, Adam, we're gonna give you $10 million to book the Royal Rumble, but but Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey have to win the two matches. I could book the Rumbles in a way where all the young stars and a lot of new people got over within the confines of the matches so that you were really, really excited. And yeah, at the end, Ronda Rousey wins, 
But man, Rhea Ripley is ready for a title match at WrestleMania. Or holy shit, isn't Io Shirai super impressive entering at six and lasting all the way to 27 before getting eliminated, right? There are so many ways to book within the course of a Rumble exciting things. And they just didn't do it for anyone. How do you how, how do you not give the world a tease of Braun Breaker? Like this guy is supposed to be your next big star. How do you not have him show up in the room and be like, guys, this is Braun Breaker. He's the NXT champion. Have him look awesome for a few minutes. Comes like, in at 15, beats the shit out of you? a bunch of people, only gets Man, eliminated, you, only gets eliminated because of Biggie, a former champion, or AJ Styles. Yeah, how, or, you know what I mean? How do you not? Yeah, and then, then Biggie gives him like a wink or something like that. Like, oh, you, yeah, he gives kids. him a nod. Like, He's like, oh, dude, you, look, look good there. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. man, just you drop the ball top to bottom. Just, it's just, just absolutely again the Brock Lesnar Keith Lee moment. It made Keith yeah. Lee the Roman Reigns yep. Keith Lee moment exactly. at the Royal Rumble. They made the guy. Now they screwed that up anyway, but there were at least some extenuating circumstances there. But it's just it's maddening, and and that's what makes it worse. The booking is one thing. The circumstances around it, the context of Brock and Ronda not needing the Royal Rumble. Plus, we had two title matches with bullshit finishes. All of it. It's, like, it's a tornado of shit that went through this pay-per-view. It's like, it's, it was like there's this beautiful community that was laid out in front of us. And then a tornado of shit went through it. And there's still parts of it that are pretty nice. But there's a streak right down the middle that you don't want to touch. That's what this Royal Rumble was about. I don't even know if that's a good metaphor. I think you understand no, what I'm going gra- for. Though. That was graphic. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. That's that's what happens when it's uh, what two a.m. and we're still talking about this garbage. Okay. What that means is the WWE Royal Rumble instant analysis is officially over. Thank you, Vintage Chris Vanini, for joining me. This is the Silver King, Adam Silverstein. Here's what's coming up on the Getting Over Wrestling podcast. We will be back on Tuesday with our latest WWE show. We're going to talk about additional fallout from the Royal Rumble. The road to WrestleMania 38 officially beginning. Uh, Ronda Rousey is going to be on Raw. We have a ton of stuff from SmackDown still to talk about. And we'll discuss everything on Raw all on Tuesday's WWE show. A full show coming on Tuesday. And then we will be back on Thursday, as always talk all things AEW and NXT. Chris, thanks again for joining me for Vintage, Sills the Silver King, signing off from the Royal Rumble, and leaving you the three final words. Bye for now.